Hello everyone, I hope you are well. I'm Carlos Carnicero Uravallen and I want to welcome you all to Future is Blue, a series of podcasts bringing together top experts from academia and think tanks to discuss the most pressing European economic and policy challenges of today. This is a Funkas Europe initiative and we hope we can bring new ideas for a more inspiring debate about Europe. The impact of artificial intelligence on labor markets is a complex topic. While AI has the potential to create new opportunities and increase productivity, it also raises concerns about job displacement and changing workforce dynamics. To cover this subject, we're joined today by Maria Jepsen, Deputy Director at Eurofund, the European Foundation for the Improvement of Living and Working Conditions. Thank you for joining us today, Maria. Thank you very much for inviting me to this interesting conversation. Excellent, excellent. So this is a very hot topic. We've been hearing on media about this for a while over the last few months. But the first question we have for you today is to what extent AI is particularly disruptive in comparison with other technologies we've, we've seen before. I think this is always a question that one would ask oneself. Um, and I think there's, a, there's some kind of general consensus that this is a disruptive uh, technology for, because of several reasons. The first one, it's, it's a general purpose technology. So it's not only going into certain sectors or certain occupations. This is a technology that can be used across the board. So it's really a generous purpose technology. If we kind of compare it to other general purpose technologies, it's like electricity, it's steam. It, we're on that kind of level. The second is, uh, and I think that what that had sprung to mind over the past, I would say, eight months, is the speed of progress. The, so the speed of progress is, is fairly rapid. There is this uh, belief that there's a huge potential in, in the AI in terms of what it can do. Uh, and it's, it's a concern, as I said, for most occupations, but all sectors. And I think that the, the fact where it, really, uh, where it really springs up, and this is something we've known for, for, for years, huh, is that artificial intelligence is capable of automatizing non-routine tasks. Whereas until now, most of the automatization has been with regard to very routine tasks. Here we're in the field of non-routine cognitive tasks. And that opens up a whole, game, a whole other playing field. Um, and that creates a lot of uncertainty about what the impact will be in the long run. Um, very, very good point. So this is different from, from previous technologies we've seen. We said this is general. Everyone can, can use it. No, not only businesses, individuals. The speed of development is remarkable. It's going to affect all sectors. Um, there were some pessimistic predictions uh, a decade ago regarding job losses when we saw some digital technology developments. And this never materialized because today we're seeing EU labor markets uh, getting closer to, to full employment. So is this different now? Because you, you mentioned this technology is quite unique. And, and so when we look at the impact on labor market, are we seeing or potentially we're going to see something different to the experiences we had with other technological developments? 
It's, it's a very difficult question to, to answer. Um, and, and I think, you know, we got the theoretical perspective on what AI could do. And when we look into this more theoretical perspective, we have, as, as you already said in your introductory talk, you know, we got displacement uh, effects, we got productivity uh, effects, and we got new job creations. And I think the difficulties when we get new technology is really on the new job creations. We have a very difficult time in actually thinking through uh, um, what are the new jobs that we're going to create. All this together uh, will, will have a, um, a significant impact on the labour market and on employment. And the, 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 the estimations that we actually get uh, out of this are um, you know, they, they are theoretical. You know, what we're trying to do is trying to, uh, to see uh, on what occupations, on what tasks, actually, what tasks will AI actually uh, intervene? Uh, what does this mean for, for the jobs? Does, what does this mean for the sectors? And there are various estimations out there, but there, it could look like there could be a, a slight contraction of net employment overall, but we're talking about minor contraction. But if we look into the, the, I think, and this is the really the important part of it, is that the change in the labor market and in employment that we could expect, it could concern up to two thirds of jobs. So up to two thirds of jobs could be, to a certain extent, uh, exposed to artificial intelligence. And I think there's a potential to replace about 25% of tasks by artificial, uh, no, uh, jobs by artificial intelligence. Now, these are very theoretical uh, figures because actually what artificial intelligence does is interacts with certain tasks. And all depending on how the job is composed of what task, it will probably modify the way the job is carried out, and, but not necessarily displace the job. So perhaps a slight contraction uh, it, when we do, when we look at all the, the kind of simulations that have been done, but it does, no, it's not the end of work. It's not the end of the work. Now, if we look at the sectors and their OECD has just published their employment outlook, they've looked into a couple of sectors and what they see is that we don't actually observe, and Eurofound also did a, a study on, on the finance sector where AI is, is, is actually fairly well rolled out. And if we look at this, we see that the sectors they don't, they don't really do the big, uh, the big restructuring with a lot of layoffs. What happens is that the AI comes into the companies and the companies um, move their sectors forward, move the sector forward, uh, and the, 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 the jobs are more shed with, with you know, natural retirements, uh, with, with, with natural job, job not, not really layoffs, but more in terms of people moving on to other jobs, retirements and so forth. So that's what we're seeing right now. This does not mean that in 10 years we will not be talking uh, to a different scenario, but currently this is what we can observe. It's, um, it's, uh, it's impressive the magnitude of, of, of how, how much this technology is gonna impact the labor market. You said two thirds of jobs could be affected and you said 25% of tasks could be um, replaced or could be done to do 25% um, of the current tasks could be done by artificial intelligence. Um, now moving on, I wanted to ask you Maria about income inequalities, um, which have 
tended to uh, to widen in the in the majority of countries in the last decades. So, will artificial intelligence aggravate this trend? Well, I think it's a it's a, it's a very good question uh, that we need to ask ourselves, uh, and I think it it will depend on how we introduce AI in the workplace. It's very difficult to say whether AI will increase or decrease um, the, the overall wage inequality. I mean, AI for sure will uh, create very specific jobs around the development and the maintenance of AI and being able to interact with AI. And here we would expect a high wage premium. So, you know, this, this is kind of, the, you know, increasing the, 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 the wages for the higher earners. On the other hand, it will also impact on jobs, especially in this segment, uh, because we know that AI is, is, is very much, is, is very much um, interacting with jobs in the white color, uh, higher education uh, sec uh, level of occupations. So, and there we could, we, with the introduction of AI, we could see a shift in how that type of work is valued. And I think that's extremely important point Uh, and is one of the points that the strikes in Hollywood of the writers and the actors right now is raising. Now, what's the value of their work and how should it be dealt with? And I think we will probably see the same thing once AI uh, starts doing some of, 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 the, of the more, I would say maybe junior jobs, uh, that we will, get, we will get some questions around what's the value. So I think it's, it's a very good question, but exactly where it's going to go, it's not very clear. And as you said, on the on um, uh, outdoors jobs, more physical strength jobs, which tend to be lower paid, are, are less exposed to AI, and hence will will continue. And here, the greening, oh, no, the climate change clearly will create a lot of jobs in the middle sector of, of the labor market, and the whole care economy is going to create a lot of jobs in the lower end of the, of the economy. So I think. It's, it's a very difficult question to answer, but clearly, you know, that there's something to, to, to watch out for here. Uh, now, when we look at um, regulators and the kinds of public policies that would boost the benefits of AI for jobs and reduce the risks that you are mentioning in this conversation, what are the right public policies that we should look at to, to make the best out of this technology? So if we look at public policies, I think uh, we talk a lot about skills, right? <clears throat> like AI, if you start interacting with AI, you, you, you would need perhaps a different set of skills. You would need some more digital literacy. Um, and, and that would be important for a, a large part of the population. Um, we, we think back to like how in, in, in public administration, the AI is being introduced to help in terms of job matching is being helped uh, introduced in terms of, of trying to identify social fraud and, fraud and so forth and so forth. Now to be able to work with these instruments in, in, in a good way and ensure uh, a good public service, it is extremely important that the, the civil servants that work with these instruments actually understand what AI is and you know, has some insight into artificial intelligence, into algorithms uh, and all these things. So uh, I, I think so, this, so. And that's just like one example. Like, so the digital literacy to, un, to, you know, to get a deep understanding, the skills of, of AI is, is very important. Apart from this, 
and this is maybe you know the, the, the public policies has also a great role in terms of uh, ensuring that uh, when AI comes in, if if we get uh, displaced workers, you know that that public policy steps up to 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 ensuring that there's some smooth transitions in the the labour market. Less maybe on the policy side, but more on the legislative side. I think you know that the AI is being rolled out fairly fast, um, and th there is a role to ensure that legislation uh, is actually able to ensure that uh, workers' fundamental rights, like you know that uh, they've got privacy, fairness, that labour rights are expect, uh, respected, that the right to organisers are respected, that these rights are respected also with introduction of AI. Uh, we also need to ensure that we've got transparency uh, about AI, explainability, you know, do we understand what, what the AI is, is, is doing, accountability, like who's accountable for decisions. And one of the, 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 the issues as well is the human-centered approach. Also, there's a human in the loop, like when we get close or near to decisions, there's a human that makes the final step. You know, so all these things, we need, we need to consider how our legislation is actually managing this. And we've got a lot of laws already. We've got you know, European directives around information consultation. We've got our uh, legislative bodies around non-discrimination. In the European Union, we've got the GDPR that, that you know, sets up boundaries as well. Uh, we've got uh, product liability. We've got legislation on health and safety. You know, so, so there is already a, a large body of legislation out there. But I think it's very important at this stage is to is to understand how does how how is this legislation affected by artificial intelligence you know do we need other other bodies of legislation do we need to revise these uh, bodies of legislation to ensure that they're able to capture um, artificial intelligence in the workplace and and so so I think there's, 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 there's a huge amount of work to, to be done in terms of ensuring that introduction of artificial intelligence in the workplace continues to guarantee safe workplaces, that fundamental rights are, are, um, are respected of, of, of the workers. One last question before we, we close the show today. Um, what's, what's the role, what, what role do you see for the European Union in the, 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 the elements you, where you were just describing about the right policies? Where does the EU fit into, this, uh, into that conversation? Uh, I mean, the, the EU is already do, doing a lot. Huh? So the EU has has just come out with the the the, the, the AI Act, uh, which is it's a risk based approach to artificial intelligence uh, and and engages with high risk applications in the workplace. But it doesn't really yet address AI in in the in in the workplace per se. Uh, so I, I think the EU, and, and because this is really across the board, like it's really a general purpose uh, technology, I, I do think that the EU has a huge role to, uh, to, to play, uh, to, to, to you know, evaluate, to assess to what extent are the fundamental rights of workers, are the, are the, the, kind of the, 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 the social key that everybody has signed up to still respected 
uh, once we introduce artificial intelligence. And, and say that it's not because an, an application might be uh, deemed low risk within uh, the, the EU, in, in the assessment within the EU uh, Artificial Intelligence Act, that it does not have huge implications in the workplace, right? So it's not because it's deemed as a low risk application that it will not have huge implications in the workplace. And I think these are the considerations we need to engage with uh, at, at the European level uh, to ensure that when we as we're rolling out artificial uh, intelligence in the workplace, we're, we're able to, to kind of keep on signing up to the social key uh, that we've signed up to until now. All right, uh, Maria Jepsen, Deputy Director at Eurofonds, the European Foundation for the Improvement of Living and Working Conditions. Many thanks for joining our podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. <laughs> thanks a lot. Thank you all for joining. This was all for now. We will come back soon with more exciting speakers on Europe's economic and policy-related key debates. Future is Blue is a Funcas Europe initiative. I'm Carlos Carnicero Ravallen, and if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to recommend it to others and share it on social media. Thank you all and stay well. Thank you.